morning. <clears throat> this is a good morning. Amen. I said this is a good morning. Amen. Uh, if you're watching by television, not very many people watch television anymore. If you're watching by the Internet or listening to by radio or some other means, I'd like to welcome you to the services, <clears throat> now I'm going to say it, of the Holy Ghost Fire Church. That is the name of the church. Amen. Hallelujah. We are the church that believes in the Word of God. I said we believe in the Word of God. Amen. The textbooks in this church is the King James. Amen. Hello. Oh, now don't look me that way. Amen. It's a good Bible. I've been around longer than any other Bible. Amen. Almost. As long as I've been around. <laughs> that was the first Bible I ever received. And I got it loaned to me from my brother-in-law. When the Lord saved my soul, some Bible said, you got saved. I said, no, the Lord saved my soul. Amen. I put all the trust unto the name of the Lord. I like us this morning to bow our heads for a few moments as we go to the word of the Lord in prayer. Father, this word we're going to bring this morning is a has come from you, and we're going to preach it and proclaim it to people around the world. Jesus said, "Go unto all the world, baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost." I know authority on everything. Now, if I'm going to take a text, and this is a time, I listened to a minister the other day, I was listening to him, and he was talking about how churches are shut down every place else in the other world, or parts of the world, and about how things bad are going to come. I just got news for him. Things has been bad for the church ever since it was born. You know why? The devil doesn't like it. Hello? It brings truth and sets people free. Amen. This morning, I'd like you to turn with me in your Bible. Hello? You do have a Bible, don't you? I have a Bible. It's right here. It is a nice red Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want you to turn to First Corinthians. That's just behind the book of Romans. I was preaching at one place, and you could tell the people that they kept looking all over the Bible trying to find out where it was. And the thing that amazes me the most you would think some people being saved walked in the Bible. I said, walk in the Bible way. Hello. We would carry this book and we wouldn't preach for it. The Apostle Paul pinned down 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at the very last chapter of 1 Corinthians, everybody. And that is the book of the 16th chapter. And we're going to be looking at the verse uh, 13. 
There are several things that I feel that we need to look at and we need to understand that the Word of God is speaking to the church today. We seem to have a church today that is not really on fire for God. And if you read the book of Revelation, you find Jesus had some churches that He had things against. And so as I looked at it, I was thinking, as a pastor and a minister looking at a congregation, a congregation I trust that loves Jesus Christ, and I trust that people watching by the Internet or by television or listening by radio or however it might be, Jesus Christ with all their heart, with all their mind, and with all their soul. That's just something we do. Paul is talking in the 16th chapter, he's talking about money. All of a sudden, everything gets quiet. He's talking about the gathering of offering to take to the church in Jerusalem. So we have a divine mission. We have a mission to want to do what God says. We give to the organization that we're part of the Pentecost Church of God. Amen. I said we're part of the Pentecost Church of God. And we support mission work. We should always want to work to help spread the gospel around to the world. And so Paul is talking about that. And he's talking about other churches that has given. But this church, I said this church here in the 1 Corinthians, I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost and Fire Church. It gives what we need to supply. God supplies the need of the church. So he's talking to them about something that most people don't like to hear. Amen. Taking up an offering. You know, I, I watch it. I watch offering taken up times. And Paul was stressing this in such a way that he didn't want to put the people in a bind so they knew that an offering was going to come. And to take, take up. But the first verses that really caught my eye is verse 13. And it makes a statement and it says, Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith, quiet you like men, and be strong. That's a strong definition. That is what we're supposed to be. We are supposed to be watching and looking and listening to the power, to the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus said, if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost won't come. So how do we know the Holy Ghost came? Well, very simple. Acts 2, 4 states it very clearly. I said very clearly. And when somebody, as I used to be a Baptist preacher, they would say, well, all that is done away with today, honey. Sir, it is not done away. We should do as the book of Jude says. Verse 3, contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the church. That means we don't make like of it and think, well, you know, 
we've got to change things so people come in and they like to... What's wrong with the gospel? Hello? I said, what's wrong with the, uh, Jesus Christ? I'd like you to look here at the very first word. Watch. Watch is something that we should do. But often we look and we go to work. We come home. We deal with our family. We go to the store, grocery store. We buy food. And as the day process, and at first a lot of time people, when they come to know the Lord, they're on fire. I mean, they're burning and burning and burning. And they talk, 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 talk all the time about the Lord. But, give them six months down the road, half of the group that says they believed in Jesus seemed to drop off. I said, they seem to drop off. John, I was reading him, First John, it says, and they left us. They left us, but they wasn't a part of us. A lot of times people come to churches and attend church, but they're not really part of the church. Their affair and their life, they like the world a lot more than they like Jesus Christ, just to put it to a shame. I watched the, uh, well, it was on uh, a football game, and I was watching, and all the people, I mean, it was raining so hard. And I looked at all those, I didn't, I, I thought in my mind, look at all those idiots. And the prophet said to me, they paid big bucks to stand in the rain. Pastor. I said, no, didn't it stop him? And I thought, well, I guess so, so watch. So I was looking at it, and I thought, well, I should be watching. When the Lord saved my soul, I watched, I prayed, I watched, I read, I prayed, I watched, I wait, I did. And that was in 1964. I still watch. Now, sometimes you can get carried away with situations and things in life. And they can come pressing upon you. And slowly, I said slowly, you will turn and walk away. I've talked to people that used to be deacons in churches. I don't believe that anymore. You know why? Well, I'll look at them and i say, it's very simple. I said, well, that's just the way it goes. But I thought about John. They went out from us, but they wasn't of us. You know, once you ever get born again, I said, you get born again. Other what I'm saying, when you in your life get grounded in this Word and filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll want to serve the Master. I said, you want to serve Him. Oh, we don't believe that. I, I, I have a Bible here. I mean, look, it's a good Bible. Amen. I got it all duct taped up. I read it, you know, and I look at it. It's a good school. It's a good Bible. It's a Bible a lot of people preach again. And I never could figure it out. I heard a preacher once make the statement, everybody knows that Paul carried the King James Bible. Yes, if you did, he probably did. But he didn't. Yeah, the only thing he had, I'm going to show you right here. It's called the Old Testament. 
You know what people told me when the Lord saved me? So, don't need to read it. You can't understand it. I looked at it and I thought, huh. And my father-in-law was lost, and he says such things like this. Did Adam have a belly button? No, Adam didn't have a belly button. Did Eve have a belly button? I said, no, he didn't. She didn't have a belly button. But after she was born, had a lot of talk about after she was born and married Adam and said, after that she had a couple of kids, more and more and more. And I'll tell you one thing, she did have a belly button then. Hello? Hello? I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24. I know it is a book talking about the end time. But if you were to stop and think about it, the church has been in the end time ever since it started. Now, some people say, well, you know, we're going to go through tribulation. Yeah, we are going to go through tribulation. In John chapter 16, the very last verse said, The righteous should what? Well, let's look at it just for a few moments. I know you want to hear what it has to say. I know your ears are burning. Hello? Everybody got chapter 16 of the book of John? I looked at it, and I was thinking about it the other day. And as I was thinking about it, I thought about it. I thought about preachers that would stand and say, we're going to go through the great tribulation. If you want to go through the great tribulation, that means you're lost probably. If you get saved, you get your head chopped off. But when Jesus talked about it, He's talking about the here and He's talking about the now. These things I have spoken unto you, that in Me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. Not great tribulation. So he's talking to his disciples in Matthew 24. He walked out of the temple that evening, going to the Mount of Olives to pray. And as he was sitting there, his disciples asked him a question. Tell us when these things shall be. And Jesus started to explain to them. And so as you look at it, you can see the Bible said in this here, chapter 24, verse 32, Now learn a parable of the fig tree, which is, uh-huh, when its branches are yet tender, and put it forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Now, it's wintertime. Pretty soon, everybody that knows very much around, when the spring comes of the year, 
all the trees come to life. They smell, if, if you're in an orchard, cherry orchard, peach orchard, it blossoms every place. Oh, it can be a wonderful time that you like. So we're to watch. We're so what do you do? We watch that those things. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. What is he talking about? We have today's, he talks about rumors of wars. He talks about things that is going on. And he's talking to his disciples. He is talking to the main one, Peter, James, and John, and the rest of them. One has betrayed him. And Jesus looks at him and he says, I want you to do, verse 42, watch. Remember our text here in the book of Luke? Watch. So we are to stand and we are to watch about the situation going on. So as I stand today and I watch, I don't watch too much news because all they can talk about is bad things. And when I pick up my Bible, it doesn't talk about bad things. It talks about a God. The Bible said He's a great God. And He's a God to fear. He's a God otherwise mean a God to... You have to have God in His right place. The Son is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and you and me. Hello. You don't believe that? You think that you just got... The Lord just saved you and you just walk around like a zombie and, and say, when somebody says something bad to you, you're looking. Rah, 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 rah. I was working at a job and everybody knew I was a preacher. I didn't tell nobody I was a preacher. I was riding with a truck in the back of a truck going someplace with the other guys. And they turned around and they looked at me and they said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I looked at him and I. He said, and they said, and you're a preacher too, aren't you? Uh, I never did say nothing to him. I said, well, what make you think that? You're different than we are. So when people meet you, do they know that you're different than they are? Hello? Are you different? than the world. You know, we should be separated, sanctified, set aside. We live in the world. We operate in the world. But we're not of the world. Amen? I said we're not of the world. So I was looking at it. In Matthew it says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord does come. Is He your Lord? Are you looking for Him? Are you willing to see Him? Are you willing to go back to heaven with Him? Yes, He's coming. So He tells them, nobody knows the date. Nobody knows the time. Not even the angels. At this time, 
Jesus didn't know the time either because but once He went back to heaven, amen, to the Father, and He's the Son of God. He came in the flesh. He is the Christ, the very Son of the living God. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a live God. How do I know? I once was dead that when the gospel came into my life and I heard the gospel preached, I believed it and I started. And I'm still looking for it. When I stop and think my mother is saved, amen, my father's saved, amen, uh, most of my family is saved, and most of them have already went on. But I'll tell you something, they are with Jesus, they are looking for Jesus, and Jesus came. Every time the poor man laid at the gate of Lazarus, uh, Lazarus at the gate of the rich man, they both died. One went to hell. People don't like to hear that word. But that's where they went. And the poor man went to paradise. How do I know? Somebody's trying to come knock on my door and try to tell you that, well, I just the parable. No, no, no. Jesus persists a name and a couple of names. He talked about Abraham. He talked about the... So we are to watch. Now, when you look at verse chapter 26, hello, verse 1, no, verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, when you look at that and you're thinking about it, this is the garden that night Jesus is praying. He prays three times. He tells them what is going to happen, everything. And then you have one man that is a disciple. And Jesus said, they're going to take me, they're going to kill me, and everything. And he spoke up, and this is what he said. That will never happen. And Jesus looked at him and he said, it will happen. And then he looked back and he said, I'll die and go with you. That it had never happened. So Jesus takes John, James, and Peter. He talks to them. He's going to have a prayer meeting. Now, if you go to Jesus' church, you better be willing to pray all night. Because Jesus spent a lot of time in the night praying. Who was He praying to? He's praying to the Father. Amen. He warned, He did what? He seeks the Father's will all the time. And He made that statement. And so as He was praying, He came back and looked at Him. And He asked Peter a question. Peter, could you watch one hour with me? Think about it. Could you watch one hour with me? Now, John and James, they were snoozing too. But he gave Jesus, Jesus gave Peter a warning. Watch. What? Did it say it? The 27th? Watch, pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit is in... What? Indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
your spirit man want to serve God. He told Peter, watch. Remember what he told Peter? Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. In the high priest, Pilate, he denied him to a lady. He died and denied him. And then when he remembered, the Bible said he went out and weeped. So, Peter, according to the flesh, felt there was no hope for him anymore. All the other disciples said the same thing. They fled that night. But after the resurrection, my friend, they told him, you tell Peter, I'll meet him. Peter never says, never pins down what the Lord talked to him about. But the Lord told him before that, but I pray that thy faith fail not, Peter. It became very strong that he realized Boasting gets you no. So, Peter should have been doing what? Hello. What should he have been doing? He should have been watching. Lest tribulation or temptation come in your way. When it came in his way, he didn't think that he was... Listen, he did not think he would deny Jesus. He was willing to die. But when he pulled that sword out and cut the guy's ear off, and Jesus said, No, 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 Peter. Peter looked and said, Oh, man. I'll follow him to see what's done. So we have that. We look at that. So we have things and we should do those things and those things we should want to do and know it is. That ye may be worthy, the Bible says, be worthy. Why would we be worthy to escape all these things? All these things, he's talking about the great tribulation. In this life, we will have trials and tribulation, pressure push on, but we're not in the great tribulation. And Jesus makes a very strong statement. Watch. Ye therefore, pray always. Pray always. You need to pray. You need to look for Him. You need to be watching for Him. You need to be expecting him to come. He could come at any hour for you. Oh, how do you know that? If Lazarus died, and he did, when he died, the Bible makes a very clear statement that an angel took him and carried him. So if we have angels, so when I stopped and I was thinking about it, when my mother died, an angel came and got her, and she went to be with God. When my dad died, an angel came and got him. He went to be with God.
Corinthians chapter 5, it says we have a house in eternity in heaven prepared for us. That's our house. That's what we live in. So if you look at it, if you want an escape, you have to work. You have to believe what's in the book. You have to live the life. Now, somebody said, well, you can't live it perfectly. Well, you might not, but we have an advocate with the Father. If you do make a mistake, now, I'm not talking about willfully sitting. I'm talking about some little, you get mad or something at somebody in a car or something. You know, you get upset. You don't like it. So, are you worthy to escape? What will make you worthy to escape? Nothing but the blood. Now, what it says, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. He bought and paid for me. I am a purchased possession. If you're saved, you're a purchased possession of God. And you was paid for by God Almighty. Amen. And Jesus' Son paid the price on the cross. And we look at it. Escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Every Christian will stand personally. I said personally before Jesus. Not the great white throne judgment, but the judgment of Christ on what you have done with your Christian life, how you have lived. They have been judged and found and given their rewards, and we should know. So, what is the job? Well, if we need to look at it, we have to look at the prayer that it talk about John. No, Paul. I want you to notice here. Paul, in the 20th chapter in verse 9, says, For I know this, that after my departing, that's not the rapture. I mean, after he leaves that church and goes someplace else. So he's talking about that. And we look at it, departed, and he says, what? Depart shall grievous wolves enter in among you. Not spiritual. So my job is to watch over your soul come to you privately or however and talk to you say, you know, you need to change your way of living. You're not living correctly for God. Well, why would I have to do that? Because grievous wolves will come in. Paul makes that statement very strong in the book. He talks about who are they. There are people that in church after he leaves they're going to come in and destroy the flock. Does that happen? Yeah, it has happened to me. I pastored a church. There was a man that came in, and he did a lot of damage. I know of the churches with their pastor. Somebody came in, a grievous wolves. We should watch, and we should want to fight against that. In the 20th chapter, this is something that most people look at and they don't really like to admit it. But when I looked at verse 29, I want you to stop for a minute. Why is Paul really talking about this? 
in verse 29. I want you to look at verse 27. For I have not shunned to clear unto you all the counsel of God. He's talking to a church. He said, I share what God wants me to tell you. Take heed, therefore, unto yourself and to all the flock. That's Paul talking about the pastors now. We're to watch over and take heed over the flock. Uh-huh. Over which the Holy Ghost, and some people say, my Bible has Holy Ghost, had made you overseer to feed the church of God. The church, Jesus died for the church. It is the church of God. And it said He shed His own blood. Scholars hadn't been able to get around that. So we watched. So Paul's talking to him. He said, as soon as I leave, people are going to come in and try to destroy that work. So we should watch for them constantly and want to know what they're doing. And then Paul makes a statement in prayer in Colossians 4.2. With all prayer also for us. So Paul asked the churches to pray. We need to be praying for other pastors, other people in churches, and we need to be watching. We see somebody come into somebody else, and we know the pastor. We could tell the pastor, be careful. And you know what? They think everybody comes in is a blessing. Not necessarily the devil comes in. A grievous wool. Amen. For us. That God would open unto us a door of utterance, comma, to speak the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? I have looked at that and thought about it. The mystery. Well, what was the mystery? Well, for one, the Gentiles could get saved. Two, that God has prepared before the foundations of the world a church. Jesus is the head of the church, but it's God's church. You see, when Jesus bleeds, God bleeds. Because in reality, they are all of the same head, the Godhead. And so, Paul is wanting prayer, and prayer is very important, the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Otherwise, he's been put in, we're put in California talk, I guess, in the pokey. Hello? In the pokey. For what? For preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people being put in the prisons all the time for preaching and dying for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we should pray. And then we can look at First Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Peter in his, bi- in his letters... He's talking, he's doing. He knows he's going to be killed because his time is near. 
And they say he died, crucified him upside down because he didn't feel it fit to be crucified like the Lord Jesus Christ. Be therefore sober. Remember our text? Be sober. So when we look at it, one, we need to operate. We need to stand fast. You know what? That's a military term. Amen. We stand fast. What are we? In the faith. The Bible says, in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. So, I look at somebody, I say, I have a book, and this is my faith. Listen, somebody, John said in First John, he in chapter, chapter oh, third, second John, he said, they deny that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I can tell you, they knock on your door and they don't believe that. They say He's an angel. So, don't receive them. Don't even let them in. You operate and you walk and you believe. But let us watch and be sober. That don't mean drunk. That means sober in your thinking about what you believe. Most people... If you talk to them, they can't tell you what they believe. They can't even tell you when the Lord saved their soul, if their soul been saved. Listen, I never forget the night that the Lord saved my soul. And we need to follow Him at all talk. Thessalonians chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep. That means get caught up in the world and doing things. And, oh, we don't really need to go to church. You know, the Bible says, well, you know, we never never see them. They get washy-washy because people, we made made Christianity like weak. The Christians in the early church died. Over in Africa, Muslim kills Christians. They would do it here if they could get by. So you stand and you look at it. Be sober. Watch and be sober. Watch and be clear-minded, knowing what is going on around you. In Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul. But watch thou in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Everybody in this church, you are an evangelist. Everybody that listening, you're saved. You are an evangelist to spread the wonderful Word of God around to everybody. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of your ministry. We should make full proof. We should want to do that. That's standing fast in it. Galatians 5, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That means you don't go back to the old lifestyle. You try to live two lifestyles. You can't live two you either love one master or hate the other. You have a nice, Peter said, bah, you have an adversary. He walketh about. 
Oh, yeah. He comes to church and walk up and down the aisle, and he'll tell people, you know, that preacher don't mean, really don't mean what he says. You know, you're, you're, you're saved by grace. You can do anything you want. It's okay. It doesn't work that way. We operate so we contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saint. In Philippians 1.27, it says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your faith of the gospel. So we need to talk. I was in a store one day, and I was just sitting there, and this man came, and he sat down. And he was an older man at the time. I was younger then. He stood there for a minute, and he said, You know, God has a wonderful plan for your life. I knew what he was going to say. And then he went through the whole thing. I said, That's good. You know Jesus? Yeah. After that, he got up and left. You know what he did? He was doing the work of an evangelist out on the highway, the byways. Oh, I hear people say, well, I know the word on the highways and the byways. You don't do anything on the road except drive down the road. Amen. This morning, I'd like to ask you the question. Are you watching? Are you looking Remember, Jesus said, they don't know what hour the Son of Man will come. And you will stand before Him, either at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne. You know, the question, the problem is to you. You will make that decision whom you will serve. 1964 in August, the last two weeks, following on a Thursday night, I gave my heart, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He changed it. He changed it. Now, you can, even preachers, get sidetracked. You know, sometimes, if you're a big time, big shot, even a poor little preacher's, can start to but nobody says anything. So I ask you the question today. If Jesus come today, would you go to heaven? Or would you go to where the rich man went? He was down there and he said, Sin Lazarus, I'm tormented in this flame. For people that want to tell you there is no hell, they better read their Bible, period. So I'm going to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior? Only you can make that decision. God has convicted you of your sin. He has told you, this is the way of life. Choose you. The decision is yours now. The Holy Ghost had moved upon you and convicted your heart. And you need now to respond to the voice of God. Deuteronomy says, God sent His Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. 
Hello. I said, that's the Holy Ghost. I once heard an older preacher at the time, he made this statement. People don't like the word Holy Ghost. But I tell you, if you're just a spirit, there are a lot of spirits in the world. But when you talk about the Holy Ghost, you're talking about the Spirit of God. Hello. So we ask you today as we bow our head, Father, we ask thee each.